All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? Today, I feel like a cobra. Okay. And why is that? Yeah. Because, dude, I've gotten extremely lean in the past, like, four or five weeks. Like, <laughs> I feel shredded. Um, it was kind of crazy. I woke up this, like, you know how show weekends go as a coach. Like, it's like, I suck at fucking drinking water. Um, I'm running around all day. I probably get like 30,000 steps. You know, even if I eat all my food, it's metabolizing. I'm using it so fast. I remember I came home between prejudging and night show and I took like a 30 minute nap and I woke up and I went to the bathroom and I looked at Laura and I was like, oh my God, I'm shredded right now. So and it was up on just, stage right now. That's what, actually what she said. She was like, you should get on stage. I was like, no, nah, I'd get destroyed. I was like, we too, too many good physiques this weekend. I'd get blasted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was an incredible show. We'll talk more about that. Um, I I feel like a, like a bear today. It's I don't know about you, man, but it's like 35 degrees here right now. Yeah. And I, I finally had to turn the AC up from 63 to 66 because I've just, oh, yeah, See, dude, I'm cold. I keep mine at 69. Not for any like weird, no, not weird, like weird references there. It's just, uh, it feels comfortable there. Still cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a cool number. Um, yeah, I saw a meme today and it was like, you know, if you're like being sentenced to prison time and it was like, the judge says like, you've been sentenced to 68 years and it's like, you lean to your lawyer and you're like, get one more year added on, you know, be way cooler. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be worth it. But anyways, man, so today we're going to catch up and talk about all sorts of things. Um, So what we're going to do, guys, with the modcast, since we're doing one episode a week now, is we're going to try to, I guess, provide information to a wide array of people. So we're going to do a segment of the episode where we're talking about like stuff that applies to all people, general fitness, gin pop type of things. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a, a section kind of more pertinent to specifically competitors, and then we're doing a Q&A, short Q&A at the end of each episode. So if you are listening, every Tuesday when we record, I put put up a post on The Real Modcast, our Instagram page. Feel free and please leave us questions and interact with us as it's way more fun when people do it and we don't come up with our own questions. So with that being said, for our general lifestyle, general population topic today, we're going to talk about all things digestion as mm-hmm. it's becoming more common to discuss, which is awesome. But I ran into it yesterday as I've gotten back into the space of in-personal training. Um, I had a client who like didn't know that burping and farting isn't normal and it's not a good thing. So I think there are some things that people don't realize. So I think it's actually a good place to start. What would you like list off what you think are the most obvious signs that your digestion isn't in a good place? Uh, I would say there's a lot of cases with this, but most importantly, it's like, um, do you feel sluggish or tired when you train? Um, are you feeling bloated? Are you gassy? Like you said, are you burning, burping or farping, fart, burping or (laughs) farting all the time? Burning or farping? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> burping, burping or farting all the time. Those are definitely signs that your digestion is off. And then, you know, 
overall, if you're starting to feel like you're going to puke up your meals or you're overly full all the time, that's probably a sign there's something wrong with your digestion. Mm -hmm. So what I've realized throughout the years coaching is 90% of the time, the issue with people's digestion comes from water intake, which sounds hilarious, but it's like, I don't know how many people I know where it's they wake up in the morning and the first thing they grab is like a a diet Mountain Dew or a Coke Zero. And then they don't have any water at all, all day. Or they'll be like, I don't like the taste of water. So what I found is I always try to make sure people are drinking at the very, very minimum one gallon of water a day. Oh, for sure. Um, I think another thing that we can add to the list of signs of you know, poor digestion is even not having hunger cues at like maintenance calories. Like if your body's not respond, like that's a good way to say like, Hey, something's wrong. Like hunger cues are a good thing. It means that your body's like, Hey, give me more. Cause I've used what you, what you gave me already. Um, but I think, you know, water, like you said, is a big thing. And that's why I think we're going to talk about the most is like, and this is why I tell my athletes, like, I'm going to give you all of the habits that you can form to improve digestion because that's free. Let's start yeah. there. And then if we need to, we look at additional supplementation, which obviously mm-hmm. plays its role, but I'd rather just start with the stuff that we know works, right? So water is a big one. Yeah. And I think, and we can obviously over, you know, we can split hairs on how to approach this. Generally, I would say the easiest rule of thumb, if you don't drink one fluid ounce per pound of body weight, yep. start there. And if that doesn't work, yeah, super simple, right? If that doesn't work, one thing that I have my athletes do is, hey, let's try to avoid drinking tons of water or tons of liquid in general, whatever it may be, while you are actively eating your meal. Yep. Reason for it, for those who don't know, is obviously digestion is starting in our mouths via chewing, but also from our saliva. We produce enzymes that help start breaking down starches as we're chewing and producing that saliva you're drinking a lot of fluids, you are going to dilute those enzymes. So they're not going to be as effective. So one rule of thumb, if you've already accomplished the first step of one pound per fluid ounce, drink eight to 10 ounces of water before your meal, sip on water during, and then eight to 10 ounces after, and you should be good. Yeah. That's I honestly, it's crazy. I don't even drink any water while I'm eating at all. Me neither. Um, I drink all of my water in between meals or before Mm -hmm. meals. So like, for example, I try to start every day with about 20 to 30 ounces of water before I start eating. And then, you know, I will normally do, I try to do about 30 to 40 ounces of water between each meal. And I found Mm -hmm. that's the best way to do it. Because if I drink water, like you said, during my meals, I start feeling like it either slows down my digestion or it signals in my brain that I'm full. So Mm -hmm. whenever I'm trying to eat more food and that happens, you know, I struggle to put it down. But, you know, in a way when I'm cutting, I may sip a little bit of water during meals, but not much. Like majority of it is in between meals. Yeah. When when food is high, like I'm the same way. I don't drink water during, um, but when food is high, there's not a chance in hell because it's just like, and also at the risk of, I never want to blow out my midsection. So I don't want to eat, you know, 600 grams of carbs during the day or 700 grams, but then I'm also chugging water during. I just feel Mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't get hungry fast enough to get to my next meal. And then I'm behind by the end of the day. So 
simple rule, don't drink a ton of water during, right? Uh, another one is, is looking at carbonated beverages. I have no issue with them. I drink them myself. I don't drink them as often as I used to, but I do try to place them when I do as far away from meals as I possibly can for the exact same reason. It's going to carbonation is just going to kind of disrupt digestion as a whole. If you're drinking, you know, a diet Coke with a meal and you're burping a ton, probably shouldn't do that. I always tell people like you're not supposed to burp. You're not supposed to fart. Because both those signs, or as Tyler says, Bert and Farp, but as, as both of those <laughs> are signs that food is not being digested, so it's sitting in your gut, and it's fermenting, and it's producing gas, and then your body has to release the gas, aka burting and farping. So we don't want that. That's not a good thing. Yeah, I agree. And it's just like, um, so another thing I like to look at with... um carbonated drinks is for example like i will do maybe one a day and i will limit it i think a mm-hmm. lot of people get way too hard like i've seen people who drink six to eight maybe more coke zeros a day and then they wonder why their digestion's bad why their gut health is horrible why they're getting you know nasty buildups and burping all the time and that that's part of it you know it's that's caffeine too in general or energy drinks coffee if you're overdoing caffeine and underdoing your water you're going to have issues with digestion because in reality caffeine is dehydrating you so it's kind of for every bit of water you drink but then caffeine you drink on top of it you're negating that water intake and people don't really realize that yeah and and that caffeine's also and and grant i'm not saying this to be like dogmatic about caffeine I mean, it's because obviously it's something that I utilize every day. I drink coffee. I take pre-workout. I've just started to, I've learned to limit it over the years because ultimately caffeine is also just going to cause a pretty high spike in cortisol. And as we know, cortisol is kind of the end all be all for a very bad negative feedback loop, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say, again, super simple rules, one pound or one fluid ounce per pound of body weight when it comes to fluids, avoid fluids during meals. Whatever your caffeine intake is, reduce it by like 40% for a week and see how you feel. Just start there, right? My first two questions I ask any client whenever they say that their digestion's bad, they're feeling full or, you know, they're not hungry is what's your water intake at? No matter where Mm -hmm. they tell me it's at, normally I increase it by half a gallon. From there, that usually can fix things. And then the second question I ask and something a lot of people don't think about are what vegetables are you using? So- you know, sometimes people end up telling me, hey, I'm not eating any vegetables at all. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're not getting micronutrients. That could be the issue of why you're not hungry or why you're not digesting. You may not be getting enough fiber. So first, of course, we go and add the vegetables in. Secondly, though, what I found is some people do not digest certain vegetables very well. So for example, mm-hmm. broccoli, broccoli and cauliflower are two of the vegetables that I found that just do not work well with some people. Mm-hmm. So by simply switching your vegetable choice, sometimes I can fix everything with digestion. So, you know, a safe bet is sometimes I'll switch over broccoli and I may do something like zucchini or green beans, which are very easily digestible. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like I, I I'm a big foodie as it is. I love all green vegetables, love them all equally, but I can't do Brussels sprouts in large quantities or yeah. broccoli or asparagus. I have to diversify it. So What I do is if I notice it becomes an issue, I just, let's say I've got broccoli in three of my meals, for example, I'm going to swap probably two of those meals to spinach 
because spinach yeah. and I get along great, super simple. So again, that's a simple habit fix, right? If you don't have any vegetables in your meal plan, add some in. And then also, if you have gas and bloating, all these issues, look at what you're currently using and then swap out some sourcing and see, start troubleshooting and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Exactly. This is, can also, it's all done by testing, you know, like I've learned my body mm -hmm. so well over the years. I know exactly what foods work well with me and exactly what I can't eat. And you know how I learned that by trying, um, mm -hmm. you know, which a lot of people, you know, they get into these habits of like, I like this. Well, your body, you might like it, but your body might not. And it kind of sucks to learn that. But, you know, there's some stuff I just cannot eat and prep. But, you know, and like, for example, like I have to limit stuff like red meat yep. and prep. But off season, like my body, I, I don't care about bloating as much because I'm trying to grow. Broccoli, example in prep, broccoli that just ferments and I start, you know, having gas. So I avoid broccoli and when I'm trying to cut, but, you know, in an off season situation, broccoli, you know, I can eat some if I really feel like it and I don't really care as much because I'm trying to grow and I might enjoy it. And that's the thing is, and it's a really confusing thing to me just because I've been doing this for so long, excuse me, where someone could come to me and say, Hey, I have like really bad diarrhea. And I'm like, well, do you know what's causing it? And they're like, Nope, not a clue. My, like, I think one of the beautiful things of following a meal plan, following that mm -hmm. nutritional plan is because you're eating on a very strict regimented plan. It becomes very simple to figure out what doesn't work. Cause you put something in that wasn't there before. Right. And you see yeah. what the reaction is. So like, I can't do ground beef. I can do red. I can do steak. Ground beef gives me really bad gas and it makes me very bloated. I can't do large amounts of sweet potato. I can't do, mm. I've learned, I can't do more than 250 grams liquid weight of egg whites. Like I know that at this point in my career because everything else has stayed pretty standard. And it's like you troubleshoot, you try these things and you figure out what the reaction is and go, oh, can't do that. So when the time comes, if I go get a free meal and I get a burger, I'm like, man, why is my stomach so tore up? because it's, it's ground beef, right? And it, that's when you start to become more aware of what your body can do. But then you'll have some people who like don't even, they have no clue. And it like, I can't wrap my head around being that unaware of what you're giving your body and knowing what it's doing and what it isn't, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's as far as like the, I would say water and obviously looking at food sourcing and, you know, I think one thing I tell people and for the love of God, I don't know how they haven't realize it. Don't drink your egg whites. Like uh -huh. don't, I had a guy come to me who was like, yeah, I have like diarrhea every day. And I was like, what are from what? He's like, well, I drink like a carton of egg whites to start my day. Like uh -huh. that's what you start with. And then like, granted, there was also the conversation of like, he was taking a lot of orals, a lot of PEDs, which can cause a lot of GI distress as well. But yeah. I was like, Hey, have you ever thought to maybe not do that? Like again, in my brain, if I get diarrhea, I'm immediately trying to figure out what caused it to never do that again. Basically, exactly. no, I'm, just, I'm just hanging out. I'm like, how's that normal? You know? Yeah. See, like what I found is I have some clients and myself, I can digest liquid egg whites and after research on them and finding out the cooking temperatures of the pasteurized egg whites compared to, you know, like what an egg white solidifies at, it's not much of a temperature change where I think it affects digestion, but there are some people that just cannot do it. And yeah. you have to find that out by trial and error. Like, for example, 
I can drink 460 grams, you know, which is 10 egg whites and be fine. Mm -hmm. But I also have clients who, if they drank half that, even they would have diarrhea or issues with their bowel movements. So it's something you find out. And I have to always tell people when I put egg whites in their diet, or if they give me some feedback, that's like, Hey, like this is off. I'm like, okay, well let's switch your egg whites to maybe, you know, ground Turkey. And that seems to fix the problem. Or even as simple as you said, just making them cook their egg whites can fix the issue. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's, that's another big one that I see people kind of make that mistake of like, you know, drinking, just drinking eggs in general. I'm like, just cook them. The bioavailability is like pretty drastically different between raw and cooked anyways. Um, I think another one that I have to get a lot of people in the habit of is just moving around me included. I I say that like, I don't struggle with that too. You know, especially if you have a daily step goal you already got to go walk around, right? But if you eat your meal and go walk for five to 10 minutes, you will feel way better as somebody who has done it and not done it. You will feel way better. And it's like, if you're eating five times a day and you go on 10 minute walks, you'll hit your step goal a lot quicker that way as well. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed too over the years is my body responds extra well when I'm slightly hungry. Like Mm -hmm. I would always rather be, you know, just a little bit hungry for each meal than extremely full to the point where I'm dreading it. And I've noticed Mm -hmm. my body composition always changes. So like I'll have some clients check in with me and they're like, I'm hungry. And I'm always like, well, that's good. That means your Mm -hmm. body's responding well. And typically the changes that come along with that are great. What I get concerned about is whenever somebody's food's low and they're like, I'm not hungry still. And, you know, yeah, that's always concerning me. We ran into that with me post-show, but that's kind of to be expected where I was just like, I wouldn't get hungry until I, after I ate. But now, like, even, like, currently, I'm hungry. Like, I'm very much ready to eat after this. My body composition's improving. So a lot of my athletes, you know, I won't push food. If they're in a growing phase, I won't start pushing food until they tell me, hey, I'm hungry after meal one or meal three or whatever it may be. And then I'll start adding in food around those hunger cues to kind of tailor to it. But until you're getting hungry, it means that you're – and granted, this is layman's terms. But in my opinion, it means that your body's not – up to speed of where it needs to be metabolically to need to push food yet. Um, but so I would say like, again, walking around is a good one. And and like, like you said too, you don't, unless you're like peak, peak, peak off season, like touching all time high body weights, you should be getting close to hungry before your next meal. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there's sometimes where of course that's not going to be a thing. Like when it, we have yeah. to push on these uncomfortable levels, but that, that, that's uncommon. You know, most general nutrition people are never really having to push so hard with food to get out of those areas. So mm-hmm. we're, we're looking at digestion to be pretty perfect year round, which I think a lot of it comes to do with food choices too, you know, like staying away from processed foods. That's why I'm so big on, you know, specific diets. I know some people like to do macros, but I see them fitting in stuff where I'm just like, why are you eating that crap? Like, and you expect yourself to get results and you're eating garbage with, you know, 56 ingredients on the ingredient list. And, you know, I've got ground turkey in your plan and instead you're doing, you know, some kind of weird vegan turkey product. And it's like, and you wonder why you're not feeling good or seeing the results you could see. Well, and this is slightly related, but it's not. um, And I went on a rant about it. What? Okay, because it drives me 
fucking insane. These protein desserts that all these companies are coming out with. Like I saw one for a protein moon pie and the macros were so dog shit terrible. And there are more artificial ingredients in it than to just eat a moon pie and drink a protein shake. The older I've gotten, that's exactly like I would rather have just a regular cookie and a protein yep. shake than a protein cookie. Like 100%. at this point, there's no difference either. Like these brands are making these for marketing purposes. And it's just like drink a protein shake and eat two Oreos. Like it's better. It's better than eating, you know, a Lenny and Larry at this point. Like oh, sure. you're getting half the protein in there is soy protein anyway, or like some kind of shit plant protein. So it's not even anything good. And, you know, you can get some whey isolate and you could have go to Great American Cookie Company at your local mall and mm-hmm. it's going to be significantly better. It's going to taste better and it's going to feel better and it's going to digest better. And, it, you know, it, it's crazy that they were coming out with all these gimmick products now that are targeted towards fitness because they know people will buy it. But it's like I would never want one of those. No. And it's like, I guarantee the moon pie, in this case, the moon pie tastes better, but also you got to think if you're drinking, you know, a a scoop of whey and I don't know, like 20 ounces of water, you're also probably going to feel a lot more satiated from the shake and the moon pie than you are from like this little palm full of bullshit, you know? So, but nonetheless, and then that goes back to digestion too. I can tell you, man, the less protein bars I eat, which I've eaten none recently, that used to be like my favorite. I, that's all I crave during prep is rice cakes and protein bars. The yeah. less I've eaten them, the better I've felt. The mm-hmm. less inflamed I've been, the less gassy I've been, the smaller my waist has gotten. Yeah. Like, don't eat eight Quest bars a day, right? Super simple. You would oh, think. I, I told. Have I told you this story? Um, it's a good one. I remember there was a trainer back at LA Fitness back in the day. And, um, mm-hmm. she was known as like an influencer and nice. Anyway, she, um, she would come by like four quest bars a day and like her meal, two of her meals a day would be two quest bars, which for anybody that doesn't know quest bars, about 20 protein and about 20 grams of dietary fiber. And yeah, so she was getting like <laughs> grams of dietary fiber a day. Well, I guess one day that's just built up and she didn't use the bathroom for like a while. And she was found in the, the training room, like in a fetal position, like grasping her stomach. Well, turns out that that fiber turned into like a giant feces for lack of a better term. And she had to go to the hospital and she told them that she had been eating too many green vegetables. So then made a post the next day and was like, I ate too many green vegetables. So I have to stop eating green vegetables. Cause I had too many fiber. And I remember looking at this and I was like, no girl, you eat four quest bars a day. <laughs> that's so bad. That is so bad. Like, oh, and it's also so expensive. Oh my God. I just can't imagine. Like, can you imagine four quest bars? A day? And she would like, she would stack them on top of each other and put them in the microwave and like crush them up into like a pancake and then like eat it melted, which was probably pretty good. But like, that's a lot of fiber and like sugar alcohol too. minutes, <laughs> dude. Well, it's like, okay, let's again, let's look at it. Like I understand, like I love protein bars. I used to eat them way too much. If, if, one from a cost perspective, that's what 
$14 a day is my guess. Probably $400 a month on two meals worth of protein bars. Um, But also on top of that, like that's, I think a quest bar is like six ounces. That's 12 ounces of consumption. In, In retrospect, like if you ate that amount of calories, like the macronutrient breakdown of like chicken and potato, you would actually be satisfied and yeah. full and like well, get micronutrients and also not quest bars. People like to fit in the stuff that's gimmick and it's, it's advertised towards the fitness community and it sounds fun, but you know, and I'm sure there are some things that are a little bit better that have more wholesome ingredients. Like, you know, like outright bars. I like those. They're just, yeah. you know, very fatty. So it's hard to fit them in, but you know, it's like their, their ingredients are like, I think like peanut butter oats and like, whatever the hell else they put in them. So it's mm-hmm. not too bad. But then you have some of this stuff where it's just so much dietary fiber added in and sugar alcohols. And your body can't really digest sugar alcohols. I don't think people understand that. So that you have to flatulate or burp to get it out of your system. So sugar alcohols are stu- still two calories per gram. They're not zero calories. But you can't. your body can't process it. So you literally just fart. <laughs> you're, you're just you're just eating a bunch of farts man that's all it is yeah pretty much. You know, I, I would say it's another thing to look at if you are consistently eating protein bars or things that contain sugar alcohol like gum is a big one pull it out and see what happens because you know i was having this conversation yesterday if you're in any case but specifically if you're trying to grow if you're trying to like put on muscle tissue and your body let's say you're eating four thousand calories a day but your digestion is very like inefficient and improper why what's the point in eating that much food if your body's not actually utilizing it like let's let's scale back a thousand calories and see if we can make that amount work which is going to save you money save you chewing probably save you a lot of gas you might actually grow from that versus force feeding when you can just like also take a lateral move like i had this guy for what god knows what reason asks me about peptides right and I'm not like well-versed in peptides. It's not something that I invest a lot of effort into. And he's like, well, I want to use BPC-157. And I was like, did you get like a shoulder in? Like, did you get hurt? Because like I've only known BPC to be used in injury cases, yeah. right? He's like, no, I just want to use it for my gut health. And I was like, how about we look at anything else first? Like anything well, else to see like what's – are you chewing properly, buddy? Because that might fix it versus just starting to inject BPC for your gut health. Makes no sense. Random, yeah. But people try to like skip all these other stuff, man. But you know, one thing I add and I'm very big on if with digestion is I like to do a digestion drink in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know we, we both kind of have our separate ways of doing this. And you know, I do more stuff for some people, more stuff for other, but a pretty standard one for myself is I do twenty ounces of water, um, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. Um, mm-hmm. what else do I do? Uh two ounces of aloe vera. Mm-hmm. And a half fresh squeezed lemon. And mm-hmm. I do that normally every morning for all clients. And, you know, it works wonders. So anybody who wants to have a digestion drink, there's some free advice for you. Yeah. It does absolute wonders for setting you up. And also another thing you can add to that is glutamine. Yes. that's yeah. Five to 10 grams of glutamine in that in the morning will really help set up your day. And it's phenomenal the changes you will see. Yeah. Mine's mine's sort of similar. It's a little bit dumbed down. So I do a scoop of greens powder, 
Um, personally, even though like, obviously I just like to tell people like what good brands are, even if like clinical doesn't have the product right now, I use revive brand. It's the one that tastes the least shitty in my opinion. So I'll do a scoop of that. Um, 10 grams of L glutamine. And then Mm -hmm. usually I'll do like a tablespoon to half a tablespoon of soluble fiber. And that's mine. Yeah. Honestly, I I usually just mix it in with my shake at this point because I'm already going to be drinking it. So I just mix it in with my protein powder and go that way. Yeah, and it keeps me fiber. That's also even more valuable to add as you're cutting because you're getting rid of some of the fiber from your actual diet. So that is something valuable. I do actually add to mine as well. Whenever calories get lower, because you know, fiber gets removed from the diet a little bit more. So it can actually keep things a little bit more regular. Yeah. And the other thing I like to use too, in a lot of cases is some amount of a fermented food. So usually either kimchi or sauerkraut, like an organic sauerkraut, either of those Mm -hmm. two. Um, Because ultimately, you know, there is supplementation you can use for probiotics and prebiotics and enzymes, but the most direct, direct holistic source, in my opinion, is going to be a fermented food source of choice. And I like, I like the way both of them taste. So I do two ounces in two of my meals twice a day and it helps. One thing people don't know too with heartburn, I always see a lot of people skipping to trying to use stuff like, um, you know, Prilosec or Nexium, but sauerkraut is actually one of the best things to use to fix heartburn. For sure. It helps a ton. And again, I love it. Like I added in with my rice. Um, You can also do like a little bit, like I even use like uh, vinegar, in my rice as well, because the acidity mm-hmm. will kind of help start to break down those starches too. And I, again, yeah. it also goes back to you. I like the way it tastes. That's also why I do it. It just has an added benefit. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, you know, we've talked a little bit about supplementation as far as this, how we start our day. Um, I, beyond that, there's two more supplements that I will use. Um, so one of those is Clinical Labs Digestive Aid. Again, mm-hmm. part of why I love it is because it's a serving size is four capsules. So I can dose it how I choose. So I do one serving with my first meal, one serving with my third meal of the day, or excuse me, half a serving each. So one serving a day. So yeah. it kind of splits it up. And then also I'll use ox bile from time to time. If like when fats yes. start to increase, I use ox bile as well. Ox bile is great. See with clinical labs digestion aid, it's kind of interesting because like, you know, for somebody that is your weight, you know, I like to use four caps twice a day, mm-hmm. but for, you know, somebody like right now I am, I cut down from 210 and I'm down 30 pounds. I'm about 180 right now. So oh, I yeah. actually just use two caps at meal one, three and five. So I gotcha. actually use more through, I actually use a little bit less than you throughout the day, but with three different meals instead. So there's mm-hmm. separate ways to dose this. Like you said, where you can use it based on you as a person, where if you're a bigger person, you might need more, but if you're cutting and your digestion is good and you're using less food, actually a smaller dose can go a long way. Yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm in a position where, because I kind of do my due diligence elsewhere in my plan, as far as supplementation goes and habits where I don't have to rely as heavily on it. Um, for me, it's more of like a, I notice it. I notice when I don't use it more than I notice anything when I do use it, if that makes sense. Like if yeah. I don't use my digestive aid, I start to notice a difference in how like, bowel movements, frequency and timing and everything changes. And also just like indigestion and stuff is something I deal with a lot. Um, but I just have found like right now I'm in a position cause food isn't ultra high where I can get away with just like one serving, just split meal, one meal, three. 
Yeah. Um, and then obviously like we talked about with free meals, I'd then do uh, on those days, which is once a week, I'll do an actual additional serving, a full serving mm-hmm. before the meal. So on that day, I'll take two yeah. servings in total. Yeah, which is smart. Uh, one other thing I wanted to add that, uh, on this topic of digestion is I know a lot of people are getting sick right now, you know, and getting prescribed antibiotics. Uh, mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't realize about antibiotics is it kills a lot of bacteria, including your healthy gut bacteria, which is something to think about. So whenever you are getting on an antibiotic, it is important to actually tell your coach or whoever mm-hmm. you're working with, or as a reminder for anybody that just doesn't have a coach, I would get a probiotic while you're taking these, or I like to sometimes take it after I'm finished with the antibiotic. But, um, you know, a good one is anyone that you can find that is sold in a capsule form that is refrigerated. Uh, that's yes. important. If you buy one that's on the shelf, it is dead. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's plenty of different brands you can use. I think there's like Ultimate Flora, you know, they sell it at a vitamin shop. But as long as you're buying a cold capsulized probiotic, it will help to restore your healthy gut bacteria after being sick. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to mention too, because people don't realize that about antibiotics. Like you said, Mm -hmm. they do a lot of harm in a short span of time. The other thing I recommend is when you're taking antibiotics, obviously don't train while you're on said prescription. But then also I would say the week after I would train in like a deload phase. I would reduce Mm -hmm. weight by like 60% because you are more susceptible to injury around those times when you've taken antibiotics. Um, But prebiotics, probiotics are all great. Again, these are all things that you consult with your coach, right? Like I tell people, I can't know that you're having GI issues unless you tell me, but I think it's also important to understand what a GI issue is, right? Like burping isn't common. One of the easiest things with that too is if you burp and you can taste a specific food source, probably shouldn't be eating that food source in particular, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, I mean, do you have anything else? I feel like it kind of covers all bases, Um I would say like one more thing to touch on on heartburn because I get a ton of questions on heartburn is look at your food choices. And this kind of sucks for some people because, you know, I know a lot of people like coffee. I know a lot of people like stuff like pineapples. I know a lot of people like, you know, tomato ketchup or tomatoes. Well, those are also the top four causes for heartburn. So often the first thing to look at is if you have heartburn is are you eating any pineapple or mango or any citrus fruits? Are you over consuming coffee? Are you over consuming ketchup? Start limiting those things or cutting them and it'll probably fix it first. But don't skip straight to using stuff like Nexium or Prilosec if you can fix it with a diet fix. You know, like sometimes my easiest fix for somebody with heartburn is because they're eating pineapple without having their diet and I switch it to grapes. Yeah. Well, you also think too, like Prilosec and acid tablets, like all of those actually allow because of the the makeup of them make you more susceptible to get more heartburn in the future Mm -hmm. so it can create a negative feedback loop so that's like last ditch effort like for anything is like let's look at preventative measures and being proactive versus trying to be reactive because in that case it's like kind of the worst thing for you to do as far as like from digestion goes like i remember you told me you had a guy prepping who was taking prilosec and you didn't know Mm -hmm. and like that was like a big topic of conversation um, but that's, it's kind of what we, you know, we think that kind of covers all ends as far as digestion goes, guys. Like, like I said, my biggest thing that I like to do is let's look at habits first. Let's fix those. And then we move into supplementation. Right. Um, and if you can nail all of those things, which 
like I said, I'm I'm pretty good at hitting all of it on the head at this point. You should be in a good position where your body's going to optimally use food and you're going to see a lot more progress in the gym and whatever sport you're pursuing or just in general, if you're just wanting to lose weight or gain weight, your body's going to work more effectively, which in return is going to reward you with the aesthetic change that you're after. So that being said, segueing into our bodybuilding portion of this episode, uh, congratulations, Tyler and Laura Bedson and Built by Bedson and Austin Brown, all all of you people on your previous showing this weekend, kind of brag about your people real quick. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. I mean, this was a fantastic weekend for bodybuilding. Uh, first of all, the Kentucky Muscle Show was definitely the most competitive regional show I have been to yet this year, especially in bodybuilding and classic physique. Um, I remember in bodybuilding, there were classes of 15 plus people in light heavyweight, which was really cool to see because that kind of like brought back, oh, I'm like, bodybuilding is very much alive. Um, So we had four guys and two girls this weekend. Um, We had, I'll go ahead and go off from a, start with Kerry Overfelt. He's a 50s plus master's guy. Um, he actually cannot do a front or back double bicep or a lat spread, but he still placed fifth out of seventh in his class and Hell came yeah. in with his best shape, which is cool, yeah. man, because, you know, he can't do the poses, so he knows he's going to be docked for it. For, so, you know, him beating somebody at all, not being able to do a pose is pretty cool. For then, sure. Uh, we had Jeremy Cole, who's Masters 40 plus, and then he um, got first in that, Masters overall. Then he got um, third place in light heavyweight open against that 15-person class, and he's 44, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, I think he was probably one of the most conditioned guys at that show, um, which was pretty incredible for, you know, his age. So we'll be definitely going to do Masters Nationals next year. We're still talking about that. Hell then yeah. we had uh, Jason Bickett. Who did he got masters 35 men's physique overall first place there. He got a bunch of second places in uh, his classic class and bodybuilding classes. So he did great best showing ever. Anthony Groves, who was first show ever. He basically swept the entire house. Um, he got first place and everything, both novice overalls. He came in second and light heavyweight open and, second and open classic B and the only person he lost to in both of those were the overall winners of both classic and bodybuilding. So for first show, I'll take it. He also looks like bad bunny. So, um, he does make sure to tell him that he does. He does look like bad. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, for our women, um, we had Danielle Pope, which was her Mm -hmm. first show for figure. She got first place in all of her classes and novice overall. And mm-hmm. she went up for the overall and she um, did not win overall, but that's her first show, whatever. Yeah, it's incredible. The one overall has been competing for years. So we were like, okay. And then we had Jasmine Metcalf, which is um, Laura's client who placed first in all of her classes, but the only second place she got to was from Danielle. So <laughs> if one of our girls beats our other girl, we're completely okay with it. But dude, it was a fantastic weekend. I mean, it was a blast. I wanted to make sure we shouted them out because they're solid and you know, they, they, what I really liked about it is everybody was very happy to be there. They put in the work and they were genuinely excited people to be able to be on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like I said before, you know, we talked during show weekend, like you guys hit the nail on the head 
every single athlete that stepped on stage, no matter age, whatever, as far as conditioning goes, peaking goes, which was incredible. Um, so again, shout out to you guys and also everybody who competed, like all of you guys yeah. looked incredible. Um, I'm going to go back to Anthony though. Cause I think one good thing to bring up is Anthony's been with you for three years now, three years, man, which I'll post his transformation later this week. Probably. I got a lot of people to go through and post to make, but it's crazy because when he first started with me, he looks like a child yeah. and now you're like, Oh, that's a national level bodybuilder. It's a like, 212 pro. He looks like a 212 pro, like a future 212 pro. He has plenty of room to max out the light heavyweight class and go pro at a national level with light heavyweight. And yeah. I really think he will do that with his mindset. It, it was really cool because, you know, it's like it prepared. we prepared so long for this that we were able to build the mental side of everything along with like the body. So I noticed one thing that was really cool about him was like, you know, two, three weeks out where a lot of people were suffering. He was just like, man, I'm just excited to get on stage. Like I've done all the work. I'm having fun. Like he never complained once. Yeah. And, you know, compared to my first show, he made me look like shit. <laughs> like, he looked, I mean, he looked gnarly, man. I remember yeah. he's like sending me check-ins or pictures all the way through. And I was like, this guy's fucking nuts. But like, again, I think that's a testament to sticking with your coach. Right. And, and like running things through, because like we've talked about before, the stage is always there and it takes a lot of time to get ready. And Anthony is another example of that. He spent three years with you, right? Yeah. Week after week, checking in with you for three years and got on stage in a incredibly competitive show and basically clean sweep the whole thing for his first run. Right. Yeah. So it's like patience is a virtue in the sport. You know, one thing, one thing too, that he told me is, you know, like he, we built the trust. You got to trust your coach. And, you know, he would tell me like all these people telling him to do all this weird shit peak week and what he should be doing. And he, you know, he would just kind of laugh at him and be like, I'm, I'm just going to listen to my coach. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to listen to my coach. And you know what? It paid off. I think he was one of the best looking physiques at that show by far. hundred percent. And you know, the, the ones that beat him, like I completely respect that. We even told them. And I told Anthony before, I was like, if you lose, it's going to be to this guy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's fine. He's like, as long as I have competition, that was what he was excited yeah. about. He's like, I just don't want to go against myself. Yeah. He's like, I want to go show. against a lot of people. And to him, that meant everything because, you know, he went up there and a big thing about everybody at this show that competed there, especially our clients, like the built by Benson clients was the sportsmanship they show, no matter if they won or lost, like, Anthony was having a good time. You know, he would shake the hands of every other competitor, win or lose. You know, he was going up in the overall battles and he was like making sure the other guys are having a good time too. And I remember one time he mouthed and you could see from the audience, he was like, this is fun. And, yeah. you know, and that was so cool to see because you just, he was just so happy to be there. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to talk about. You know, a lot of, you know, this bodybuilding segment is, is etiquette backstage, right? Understanding like, how you should act backstage because you're going to run into a lot of different people who act a lot of different ways. But like for me, I'm somebody who would, especially when I'm anxious, I talk a lot. So for me, I like to talk to everybody backstage. I'm shooting the shit with anybody who's going to talk to me. And you, then you also get on the flip end people who like, if you come near them, they want to rip your head off. And it's like, I understand at the end of the day, we are competitors. We are going up against one another but at the same rate, like the work is already done. I'm not, we're not yeah. fighting on stage. 
So it's just up to the judges. So it's really like a you versus the judging panel situation. So like, I don't ever walk backstage with like animosity already prepared. Like, oh, dude, like you you and me, bro. It's like, no, like I just hope that the judges like me today. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I love this sport and everything else. And I love competing. And I, I do take it incredibly seriously, but it's not that serious to the point where you have to be a dick to everybody backstage. Like go make some friends. Some of my best friends I've made backstage. That shows. Yep. Well, that's the thing is we are doing this together. It's like a big community if you really think about it. And that's the thing. We all we're all having fun. I get to we we all get to talk before the show. We're kind of competing against each other, but it's like we're competing with each other too. Exactly. You know, th- that's the thing is we're all getting better and all the way up to the national level, like I'm cheering all these guys on, even if they're not my clients or anything, you know, because I respect anybody that puts an effort into bringing a quality physique to stage. I don't care if it's your first time or you've been doing it for 10 years. If you bring a quality physique, I respect the hell out of you. If you are respectful to everybody else and you care and you are being supportive and cheering everybody else on, I respect you. No, same. And and another point too is how you handle yourself on social media after the fact, especially if you Mm -hmm. lose. I've seen it. I saw it. I had an athlete compete in Georgia earlier this month and he got third place. He was ecstatic. Xavier did incredible. I was very happy with his classic physique debut, got second and third. And I saw somebody else, another competitor who went on this big, long rant comparing him to the guy who won about how he should have won this, that, and the other. So here's the thing. Um, If you belittle the person who beat you, they still beat you and just makes you look worse. Like, let's think this through. Like, at junior nationals, I got beat by like 10 people and they all looked incredible and they should yep. have beat me. But if I talk shit about all 10 of them, they still beat me. So obviously they look yeah. better than me. Like where's the logic in this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like be a good sport, like lose and lose or win with grace. It will take mm-hmm. you a lot further in this world. Like, Somebody should- posted something and it was on their story and it was like, no, to all the Kentucky muscle competitors, no matter if you win or lose, remain humble and victory or defeat. And that's yeah. the truth. You know, remain humble. Like, don't act like you're better than anybody else. We're all on this journey at a different point. And I saw a lot of good bodybuilders this weekend. And I was like, man, if a lot of these people just brought their conditioning or got a little bigger in one area or another, they could have won this show. Yeah. And, you know, and I told some guys that I was, you know, like, they were like, why do you think I lost? And I'm like, you just got to bring your conditioning a little bit more, man. Like, you just didn't get to where you needed to be. It's just, you know, it's nothing you did wrong. It's just you need more time. It's all this sport is. And first of all, I if you want to know why you won or lost, I will always tell you what could be better. I am the most honest person in the world. That's why a lot of people come to me at all levels and they literally will message me, and be like, what do you think happened here? Sometimes it sucks to hear the truth for me. But I'm always honest. And it's it's always worth getting that unbiased opinion. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like conditioning is something you can fix. Super yep. simple, right? Especially if you just competed, go do a show in a month. Do a mm-hmm. do do a second show. You could go win that. That's what we did in twenty twenty one. Lost yep. my first show. Conditioning was the issue. It, granted, it was also our first peak together, so we ran. We found out some stuff in that peak, so we did a show a month later, and I won it because conditioning yep. was fixed because we knew what to fix, right? So. Yeah. It's, but again, it goes back to it. It's like, if you want to be the best that you can be in the sport, you have to be able to take criticism at least somewhat well, right? I know what I need to work on. 
very, I have a checklist written on the wall at this point of what muscle groups need to bring, you know, come up, what I need to do as an athlete to improve because I want to be the best that I can be. And I want to win shit because I don't like losing simple fact. But the, the other part of that equation besides knowing what I need to fix is knowing it takes time to fix it. Absolutely. And I'm going to do this shit all forever, right? Like I'm going to train till the end of time. So that's not changing. Mm-hmm. So it's just time. And that's why I tell people, it's like, if you love the process enough to keep doing it, your time will come. It will. It's not an if, it's a, it's a win situation. So just take your fucking time. Yeah. Simple. Bodybuilding right? is a sport of time and consistency. And, you know, that's, that's what it is. And it's a forever thing of you will not be good enough and you will never feel good enough. But it's just kind of what it is and we're privileged to do it. And it's nice to see people excited to do bodybuilding. Cause I, like, I feel like a lot of people treat it like uh, it's so hard that they turn into assholes or they're rude to other competitors or somebody beats them. You know, they're, they're just mean as shit on, you know, social media, which takes away from the person that won, you know, that person worked hard too. So how do you think that makes them feel when they work their fucking ass off? They brought the best physique possible. The judges thought they won. And then, you know, somebody makes a post on Instagram, like I got robbed. It's like, it's like look at the fucking I, scoreboard. Like, you, know how, you know how upset I would be if I worked my fucking ass off and I wanted overall to show. And then somebody made a post that was like, comparing our physique to mine where I'm not even in my poses. And it's like, why, why do you guys see here? And it's like, of course your friends are going to sit there and be like, yeah, you won this show. You know, that's the thing is like, for example, with, with Danielle, it was her first show at fit and figure and Jasmine. And, um, you know, I told Danielle and the overall was like, Hey, between pre judging night shows, like you're going up for the overall later. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who they're going to reward. You're going against a few girls I know competed multiple times before. And I said, there's one in here. And uh, I don't know if she listens to it, but Jenny Fisher was the one that won overall. Mm -hmm. She's been competing since I think 2018 or 2019. She is masters 40 plus, but she came in her best shape yet. And she deserved the win. And, you know, afterwards I told Danielle, this is your first show. You know, that, that person has been doing this for years and they brought the best physique today. And that's just kind of how it works. And, you know, next time that may not be the same thing. Like Danielle could definitely be the next overall champion the next year she does. Our mm-hmm. plans are probably to go to nationals next year. So for sure, she's going to be even better. But yeah. for her first show to lose against somebody that's been doing this for years, I'm completely accepting of that. And I'm yeah. completely honest. And the respect that everybody showed after they that class, like, you know, giving each other hugs and handshakes, that's what I like to see. Yeah, me too, man. I, I, I hate to see people, and I understand, like, getting upset about your placings and everything else, but at the same rate, the judges don't usually miss, in most cases, I would say. They're pretty spot on because they're judges, and they also have to be pretty spot on to keep their title as a judge in the NPC and the IFBB. Um, with that being said, you know, I've gotten upset after shows with my placings, but it wasn't at anybody who beat me. It was at myself for not doing what I needed to do to win. Right. But I ran into that in my first show, man. I won my first show and people raised a whole lot of hell on social media. And I was like, in the least arrogant way, look at the scoreboard. I still won. I won the whole show. Sorry. I, I didn't decide that the judges did. 
You know what I mean? Like, oops. Yeah. Like I, well, that's, you know, it's all up to the judges at a certain point, man. That's really the case. I remember, I remember I'll use Anthony's example again, because you know, he was going out for his routines. This is his first show. He didn't know what he was supposed to do. And I was like, Hey man, like you go out for an overall battle. Like you're probably gonna have to go out there and you're going to have to, you know, pose off with people. He's like, Okay, cool. And he's like, is there anything I need to do for that? And I was like, just smile and have fun with the other guys and, you know, have good sportsmanship. And he's like, and I was like, do what you normally do and act like you normally act, Anthony. I know you're a good person. Just be yourself. And, you know, he went out there and he was smiling the whole time and having a good time and, you know, giving high fives, posing down with the other guys. And that's that's what that's what's cool. And, you know, there was no animosity towards any loss he had. You know, we're waiting for judges feedback, which we'll get. And then, you know, it's prepare for next year and get better and hopefully go for an even better, uh, you know, win. Can I tell you a story about a pose down where I accidentally was disrespectful and like really didn't mean to? It's yes. be, so it was in my overall at the flex. And I, again, I've like never been on stage before. So I'm already just like in a state of fear and anxiety. And I'd spent way too much time on stage that day. And so we do a pose down between like the overall for the overall and classic physique. And it's me, it's Israel, your athlete and uh, yeah. this guy named Matt. And uh, it was basically like, no, I love Matt to death, but he's five foot one. So it was me and Israel and Israel goes to like, we're like, I hit a pose. He hits the same pose and he's trying to out angle me. So I'm like trying to basically just like work away from him and he keeps working in front of me. And then finally he hits a ground pose in front of me and I didn't even think, and I just stepped directly over him. Like just like high stepped o- over him, and that wasn't that wasn't the right thing to do. But I think about you know, it. I can very see often. Israel beating your ass too. That's the thing, <laughs> dude. His group of <laughs> his group of friends was trying to beat my group of friends' ass because every it was the craziest show, dude. Because there was like my I had like ten ten of my best friends there who were all very loud people, and Israel had his crew, and this guy named James had his crew, and we were all talking shit to each other, like they were all individually. Israel's another guy that I can see being like a future two twelve pro. Oh, dude, that's a he's, monster. He's, dude. I, I still <laughs> think he beat me in the overall. That's just my opinion. Like to this day, I will always say that um, I have the most utmost respect for him as a competitor and as a yeah. person. He's another person we became really great friends. Oh, he's, and we, he's, a, he's gonna be really good. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's that's just like basic etiquette, guys. Like, don't be a dick. Simple. You you or you would think it was simple. Um, do you have any other, I think it was just a heat of the moment thing. You know, that's the thing is like with, um, with, you know, if you're in an overall pose down, it's cool to like, you know, what I like to do with people is even, even if you're, you know, no, you're not going to win, throw down your favorite pose with somebody that, you know, is going to win for the picture. Like I remember my first show I ever did was tricky Jackson classic. And I was in the overall and I was a lightweight bodybuilder. And I remember Sean Smith, who's a pro here in Kentucky. <laughs> it was oh his first show, too. And he Damn was it. a um, heavyweight. And then we had Pasha Bullock in there. Pasha's another good bodybuilder. Yeah. And I remember there's this really cool picture. And I still have it to this day. It's one of my favorite pictures. And it's me and Sean Smith throwing a side chest against each other. And then Pasha Bullock standing right behind us throwing a lat spread. And I know both those guys so well now and I talk to them and, you know, but it's so cool to look back because we're like, oh, like that was our first show. It's like history. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we're going to look back at that, you know, 
20 years from now, that picture's still going to be around. I can pull that up and be like, man, I look, I remember this shit with two other great bodybuilders who, you know, we were just showed great sportsmanship because we all know Sean fucking won. People knew Sean won before we walked out on stage in the morning show. But, you know, we still had a great time in that, that pose down. And I made sure I have a picture of me looking like I at least have a decent amount of muscle next to mm-hmm. the behemoth of Sean Smith. That is Sean so, Smith, yeah. Well, yeah. and it's like at the end of the day, man, like we talk about it, a lot of what this podcast is is like creating memories, dude. Like, like you and I both have lost a lot of loved ones and everything else. And like what matters most to me is creating memories to cherish in the future. Cause like we're not all gonna be bodybuilders for the rest of our days, but like It'd be cool if I'm investing this much of my existence into it for who knows how long. I at least want to be able to look back and mostly mostly think of good things, right? Yep. Mostly good. That's at the end of the day. And when I think about my career, I think about mostly good things. Those are the moments that come to me, right? Yeah. So it's like just ma- being um, conscious of trying to make as many of those possible as you can, right? It's like we always say people to people, you only get to be on stage for a few minutes. Make the most of it. Try to try yeah. to make the most of it and live in that moment as for as long as you can. But yeah. I think that's really what I've got. My little bit of wisdom on, on yeah. competing. Um, Let's talk you want to answer? I know you've got a competitor competing this weekend. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Sawyer. She's one of my bikini girls. She is um, a literal sociopath. And I mean that in the most loving way. She's in dental school <laughs> right now and working full time and yeah. thanks me when I give her zero carb days. I don't understand it, dude. And she just trucks along. Some people are built for this, man. (laughs) She is. She is. Truthfully, man, she is. And, you know, we started 15 weeks out. Um, Granted, like metabolically, she wasn't in a a wonderful position, but I tried to reverse diet her for as long as I could into prep. Um, But because of how active she is, we've been pretty good about she still gets like at least two high days a week. Like food's still relatively high overall because her expenditure is so high. Um, the biggest thing I've ran into and it's been a challenge as a coach is uh, like fatigue management. So I've had to give a lot of deloads, a lot of full like back-to-back rest days, like almost weekly to keep her fresh, which has been cool for me to kind of see this process. Cause I, I mean, I imagine you still get the same way where like I'll like text an update to her and just be like, am I making the right decision? You know what I mean? Where I'm like, am I not pushing enough or not pulling enough? Right. Like that's the game that I play as a coach, especially the deeper I get into prep. I'm like, am I pushing hard enough? Do I need to yeah. pull back? And I've been pretty good like this time around of like being pretty because re- she's a great communicator. So I can kind of understand where she's at a lot better and make those calls a little bit more precisely, which has been cool for me. So yeah, I, I'm excited. I know that you and Laura have a couple girls yeah. at Night of Champions yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Laura's got Ife. And Ife yes. is doing wellness. I think she's going to do extremely well. It is her first Absolutely. show. She's only 20 years old, but I mean, she is built for that class. Strong. And then I've got, yeah. Then I've got Katie, who's doing women's physique and figure. She's been with me a while, and this is her best look yet. She's phenomenal. I think she's going to do extremely well. And then we've got Jaron, who's possibly going to be in bodybuilding. Um, so he, he is looking his best yet as well. I mean, he competed, I think, two or three years ago. And in the comparison to looks now, he's just like a whole different person. Uh, so much more muscle. And it's kind of cool because like throughout this prep, we've kind of discovered with him, he actually has a very aesthetic shape. 
because we built the muscle to do that. Like he has like really good legs now. He's got really good lats. I told him before, like his chest is going to be the strongest thing. And now he's like, oh shit, my chest is strong. So it's really yeah. cool to see these people building these physiques and finally getting to display them. Um, I will be at a wedding this weekend for Mike and Shelby, who are my long-term friends. Love them. So I'll be doing that one from the phone, but I think Austin Brown's going, so you will probably see him there as well. Cool. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be, I'm will be. i getting there Thursday. So um, I'm excited, man. should be a good show always. Yeah. It's, I like going to shows because it's also like my – like feels like a reunion. I just always see the same oh, groups of people. It's always fun. Um, Super motivating too. But I say that, but also, as you know, too, I won't sleep Friday night and I probably won't eat Saturday and I'll just be running around frantically and anxious all day long until the day's over with. I've gotten better at the eating part. I at least get all my meals in, but water and then I probably have triple the amount of activity. um, And then my anxiety is through the roof until prejudging is done. Yep. So. Same. Yep. And I remember I was talking to somebody and they were like, uh, it was a competitor was laying down backstage and I was talking to another Kentucky coach and I was like, well, I'm going to go sit out, out in the audience with my anxiety until this is over. And it's competitor yeah. was like, you got anxiety. I'm competing today. And I was like, buddy, I got anxiety until all my competitors are off stage and I know they do well. So <laughs> dude, like I, at this point, I could not give a shit less to be on stage myself. I, I don't get nervous leading up to it. I'll get the nervous the second I'm walking out, and then it kind of dissipates. As a coach, dude, I freak the fuck out every time. Like, Kyle and Jules' wedding, congratulations, you guys. We love you both. Like, there was the no phone policy. I'm telling on myself. I still had to check my phone because Xavier was on stage when they were having the reception. Right. So I was like, I was having to keep up with it because I was freaking out. Yeah. That's the thing is I already told Mike, you know, Mike, Mike's one of my competitors, you know, and you know, we've yeah. been friends forever. We actually, my last show, he competed with me and he won an overall there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, Hey dude, I've got, we've got, uh, Laura's got one person. I've got two people competing on your wedding day. I was like, I might be on my phone a little bit during your, um, your rehearsal dinner and then on my phone a little bit in the morning, but I should be done before two. And he was like, dude, completely understand. Like I get it. So I, I realized like a lot of our friends now kind of understand what our job is. So it's a lot easier, but it's definitely something it's like, you can't, you, we don't get days off work. I don't think people understand no. that. Like, you know, there's no downtime. Most people, they want to become a coach, but then they realize you don't ever clock out. Which Never. I personally enjoy. I can work like that. I feel good like that. I know some people who would go mentally insane, but it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's and I'm the same way. The second I wake up, the first thing I'm doing is checking my phone for emails, and I am basically yep. doing that all day long. It does not matter yep. what day it is. If there's a holiday, if I'm sick, I'm having to do it, but I choose to do it because this is ultimately what I love to do, and I choose to get super anxious and stressed out for shows because I love when my people are happy with how they do, right? Like exactly. I was, I was relieved when Xavier stepped off stage and we talked on the phone and he was ha- very excited and very happy about how he placed. Okay. I've done my job now. I can relax at that point, but until then I'm freaking the fuck out. Um, but yeah, you want to answer some questions? Yeah, let's do this Q and a man. So we got some questions again. Thank you to everybody who participated. Um, do you want me to start at the top? Yeah, let's go ahead. Hold on, let me Mr. Th- Mr. Thickums, a man with lovely legs, um, asked if you had to guess what percentage of your local gym populations on PEDs. 
I would say 60%. I would say 80%. You're probably right. I just was trying yeah, to be conservative. Dude, it, it, it's it's hilarious because it's like it's ranging from your 18-year-old kid that's on SARMs to your 40-year-old mother who decided she wanted to take clenbuterol because somebody <laughs> told her and it's getting it's it's kind of ridiculous. Um I would say it's a very high percentage though and majority of people are using something in one way or another or already have. Um it, it's kind of unreal how many people go to the gym and get into some of this stuff these days and it's becoming more widespread. I don't think a lot of people are doing it safely. And I don't think a lot of people are doing a diet with any of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I hear about it all the time. I'll have kids come up to me at the gym and they'll be like, I'm on this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, you don't look like you're on anything at all. What's your yep. diet? And they don't have one or they don't have a yeah. training regimen. So it's kind of crazy to me. I would, I would advise if you haven't listened to our episode, it's one of our new or older episodes, one of the first ones we ever did called Blood, Sweat, and Gear. Go listen to it. We talk solely and very in-depth about PEDs and PED usage. Um, I would say 80% is probably accurate. Um, and again, just because someone, well, I say this, of that 80%, a lot of them don't even look like they work out. And I've, and because again, diet, nutrition, all those things, training are all not optimal. And they're just trying to use this as a crutch. Um, do you want to ask the next question or do you want me to siphon through them? Let me pull it up. Next question. Um, how should I go about balancing high school and bodybuilding? High school first, bodybuilding yeah. second. Um, yeah. Again, because as somebody who's learned about money and stuff, if you can do really good in high school for like, if you can just try for four years, you can get tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars saved from scholarships when you go to college. So I wish I would have tried harder in high school to have gotten more scholarships to have wanted to stay in college. Yeah. Um, I, train I would say, you know, with, with high school, like here's the thing to think about, depending on your age in high school, you can't compete until you're like 18 anyway. Like I think that's whenever they're allowing people to compete now, at least in the mm -hmm. NPC. So you got to think about it as you've got four years or, you know, starting a freshman, I think you're 14. So mm -hmm. you've got four years until you graduate to really put an effort into, you know, growing a physique. But I would focus on making sure you can at least train four to five days a week. But make sure you're eating food is most important and enjoying experiences as well, because you'll look back at those high school experiences and wish that you did more of them. And even yeah. I do that. And I wasn't even into bodybuilding whenever I was in you know high school, but I was into like video games and marijuana. So, yeah. you know, I look back and I'm like, I missed a lot of things that I thought were cool because of that. I would also say if you're in high school and you can get into some sort of sport for development, I definitely would. Because a lot of bodybuilders played something like soccer or, um, for example, you know, Laura was a cheerleader. Um, and, you know, she did um, karate. And then uh, I know quite a few others that played volleyball or mm -hmm. basketball or even football. And then they decided to get more than the bodybuilding. But that would actually supplement your bodybuilding career by getting into a sport. That's what I did. I threw shot put, discus, and hammer. Yeah. So I was weight training three times a week just from that. And then I'll do my okay. additional stuff on the weekend. Um, so as far as training, go ahead. 
Plus, doesn't it, I would say like getting into something that would let you meet more people that are into living some sort of regimented lifestyle. Yeah, it's good. You're right. gonna find the right people. You're gonna find the right people yeah. in that way. I would, I would definitely second that. Find a sport that you enjoy, um, and on top of that, as far as like training goes, you can be successful training three to four days a week. So you got Saturday and Sunday. You got the weekends. And you just got to pick one or two days during the week if you can. As long as I always say this, like your grades aren't faltering from it, but you can be yeah. successful, right? I did it while I was in school too. As far as nutrition goes, if you can't bring your meal preps, uh, a sandwich and a protein shake goes a really long way. You can do those mm-hmm. all day long. I can, you know, I could smuggle peanut butter and jelly sandwiches into every class and chug a shake in between classes to get my food in. Um, but it's, it, it's a lot easier than I say easier, simpler than people think, right? It's, it is, there's some anxiety surrounding that, but Again, I have a girl who's a, about to do very well in a show who's in dental school right now. It's all about time management, I think, is the biggest thing. But yeah. high school comes first. Um, next question is from one of my athletes, Brittany, and also team photographer. Hit her up. Um, let's see. Can you guys talk more about how you deal with people not supporting your journey, You know, making fun of you, snide comments, et cetera? Um, fuck them, first of all. Yeah. Um, if you, if they aren't necessary in your life, get them out. If they're not supportive of what you're doing, um, if it's family, I, I would say like my family still makes not as many comments now, but they still say some stuff from time to time. I just deal with it at this point. Cause I understand like, ultimately this is a journey I've chosen for myself, but yep. at, at the same rate, again, it's like, if it's friendships, relationships, whatever it is, if they're not supportive of what you're doing, they don't have to understand why you're doing it. But if they won't be supportive of it, get them out. We also did an episode on this called Relationships and Bodybuilding. Worth listening to as well. Um, yeah. But just talking about supportive people. Like ultimately, like though this is a very, uh, very isolated sport, it's a very individual thing. Uh, you still need loved ones around you who support what you're doing. Right. Like I thrive when I'm supported by a partner and supported by my friends and everything else. I feel as if I can do a lot more. So if you're in a position where you are with somebody or you have somebody in your life who makes you feel guilty for what you're choosing to do in your own life, get rid of them. They suck. Yeah, that's the thing. I've realized, man, if somebody's not supportive of you, then they're not worth being in your life. It's something to get rid of. Don't stay around toxic energy. It's it's something you can choose to be around somebody that or not. And a maturity thing is realizing some people just aren't necessary in your life. And I've had to cut some people out of my life in order to be better. And, mm-hmm. you know, initially it kind of sucked, but, you know, in the long run, I look back and I'm like, I'm glad that I did that because it allowed me to become a better person. And I don't like to deal with negativity. Every day mm-hmm. is meant to be happy. I like to live a positive lifestyle. And I've noticed some people just cannot do that. And because of that, I've just kind of moved on. So mm-hmm. I encourage you to do the same. Yeah. You okay, want to ask the last question? Because it's going it's to piss me off. All right. You ready for this, Chris? All yeah. Right. When walking past the habitat at the zoo that houses the smaller black and white colored bears, what is your reaction? Bullshit. They're not real. I'm not even going to say 
what this thing, this abstract concept is referred to as, but it's not fucking real. I'm so certain of it. It's not real. I don't care. Yeah, I agree. I fuck them things. Yeah, because they ain't real. Simple fact. Don't come at me with that bullshit. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Zilla. As one of my one of my bosses. Don't come at me with that shit, man. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, order Zilla meals. Zilla meals yeah. offer many different options for you to order meals that fit your schedule and your regimen. They will also fit your exact macros and your exact measurements for meals that you are already provided by your coach if you contact them. So, or you can order more tasty, delicious meals if you're not trying to follow a specific diet, but just want to eat healthier, nutritious ingredients. Like they have, what are, the, what are some of the ones they have now? Pumpkin pancakes, I think, are one of them right now. So and then good. Like, yeah, they got like random chicken fingers and kids meals with chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese. Like yeah, there's something for everybody. I, I will say again with Zilla, if you just go on their website, you will immediately realize that all of your problems surrounding nutrition have been solved. Very simply. Um, use code legs to save 10% at checkout, please. Thank you. Love you. Um, but yeah, we love Jordan, even though he brings up bullshit that's not real, such as pandas that don't exist. Simple fact, Google it. Um, I think those are all of our questions. I'm glad we ended on one that really just squeezes my grapes, man. Yeah. Well, that's a good episode. I like it. We're we're doing pretty well today. Yeah. No no technical difficulties really yeah. since since recording yeah. wow. that we've run into. So that's amazing. Uh, it's the hey, first do episode. Any, do you have any tips for people today for uh general life? Um wipe front to back. Ooh, good one, good one. Yep. Front to back. Yeah, you don't want to build up that you don't want to build up that uh cheese up on your your areas. Mm-hmm. You know, Ugh. and that what's referred to as the the devil's driveway, the devil's driveway. <laughs> wow. What about you? What you got? Um, do not approach people in public and throw your toenails at them. Yes, that's fair, especially if they're still attached to your toes. Yes, but yeah, like you don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I would not advise that either. So on that Can note, you imagine like just somebody come up to you and just like clawing you with their toenails. Like I wouldn't even know what to do. Like talons would, or something. Like I would like an eagle. Them. Like somebody flies them. by you like an eagle and grabs you with their toes. Can you imagine if an eagle flew by and did that? You yeah, can't be fight it because it's it's a protected species. You go to prison. I would really like. I would really think differently as somebody if I saw them fighting an eagle. Like, I would be like, hey, stop fighting that eagle. Let it just kick your ass. Like, America. I don't even know if I... I would be so just intimidated by a person to have the audacity to do that. I don't know that I would interfere because I'd be afraid they'd fight me next. And I know I'm not tougher than an eagle. There's no way. So on that note, guys... Thank you for listening to the modcast today. We really appreciate and love all of you. Please check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review on both if you can, as we still have a one-star review out there. Uh, check us out at The Real Modcast on Instagram or Tyler Bedson or CP Legs. Anything else, Tyler? I think we're good for today. I'll give you guys some more helpful hints next week. Yeah, we love you. Good day.